broadcasting from the Blanchestan Centre. This is Phoenix FM. You're listening to the Nerd to Know Media Network. Join us at nerdtoknowmedia.com. And we're back here on Phoenix 92.5 FM and Twitch, YouTube, all that good stuff. It is the day after Money in the Bank. How are you, Dave? <laughs> yeah, I'm amazing. I don't even know how else to describe it. Welcome back to the only show hosted by wrestling fans that don't hate wrestling. It's great to have you with us again, however you're listening. If you're on YouTube, Twitch, all that, subscribe, all that good stuff. Wow. Wow. Derek, exactly. I couldn't be happier. Oh, really? Oh, my gosh. Like what? What exactly has you on Cloud Nine, man? I, I, I don't even know where to begin. I first of all, the performance center matches were were actually really good. The Money in the Bank match had me. I mean, I was laughing. I was in a group chat for it, and just um, everybody enjoyed it. If if you did not enjoy that kind of match, and simply, I don't understand why you're watching. In I the was, first place right now. I, 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 just, was, I just don't get it. I was puzzled, to be honest with you. Like, I was surprised. I was watching it. I was doing a ton of merch. And usually, you know, when I have something to do, um, I do it when I'm watching pay-per-view because I'm like, look, I'm going to be here for four hours anyway. And I just kind of ended. And I was like, what? Where's where's the rest of the show? Um, so for me, that was it. I, I, was, I wasn't expecting it to just be two and a half hours. But it was weird. It was very yeah. weird. Oh well, let, let's let's address that. I mean, that's that's the elephant in the room. That's the that's the Andre the Giant in the room right now. Is mm. this was a very short pay per view? It was wacky beyond belief. This was oh, <laughs> it, it was like I think it was like the ultimate comedy show. Like I've never seen I've, I've never seen WWE lean so heavy heavily into comedy before. Like in a sense of this is like it, look it, okay so. I, there is no real way to break down the show without getting into it. So let's just get into it. Yeah. The main Nobody event, cares about anything that wasn't Money in the Bank, quite frankly. Yeah, and you should actually because the, the Seth Rollins match was really decent. It was fantastic, fantastic wrestling match. Um, but nobody cares about wrestling, right? They nobody want cares the, about wrestling. Yeah. No, I will say my comment during that match was, this is a really pretty match, which yeah. may sound like a bizarre way to describe it. But honestly, it was beautiful. Oh, and no. if Drew McIntyre, from start to finish, from start oh, to finish, yeah, hundred yeah, so, percent. If if that dude does not get to hold his championship in front of a live crowd at some point, I will feel so bad for him because he is putting on clinics and proving that he actually is a great wrestler, not yeah. just one dimensional, not just good at one thing. I mean, they did mat work, they did high flying moves, but again, nobody cares. Let's talk about the amazingness that was Money in the Bank. 
Yeah, like money, not only money in the bank, but like two, like, okay, so we heard a few things that it was going to be money in the bank on top of, in Titan Towers. We knew that. Yeah. We knew it was going to be pre-taped and it was pre-taped uh, beginning of the month, I think, if not last month. So we knew that. We, we didn't know they were going to happen at the same time until just before, um, which was weird. So I suppose with that... <laughs> weird, maybe the understatement of the day. That's the nicest way you could describe this match. It, well, like, it should have made sense. When the, when the show ended, it should have made sense because it's like, they haven't got anyone else. You know, they haven't got anything else there. So what else are they going to do? Um, moving, moving Jeff Hardy and Sheamus to the pre-show was very strange. Um, that was also... Bizarre, you mean? Yeah, it made no sense. I was like, yeah. they've been building this for months on pre-show? Okay. Um, he had his return, though, speaking of Jeff. Like, you know, and again, Cesaro worked a great match, didn't get to win, obviously, but proved once again he's incomparable in the ring. Again, nobody cared. That was Nobody cared, <laughs> Nobody cared. I mean, why are we even talking? Nobody cared. No, nobody cared. You know, once it, like, this whole show <laughs> is just marred by the fact that nobody, nobody cared. Everyone came to see the freaks. Yes. Everyone came to and- laugh at the freak show, and that's what happened. And you know why I know this is true? Because anything that I watched, any reviews that I read about this, I skipped everything and just went right down to Money in the Bank. I'm like, I, I know those were decent matches. Whatever, let's get to it. I got to see what other people think about this. Yeah. I, I, I got to see what the other opinions are. And I was like, again, this ended a half two for me, um, Irish time. So it was kind of one of those things where I was like, right, um, this is the first time this ever happened. Usually this were only halfway through. Yeah. This you know? is probably the shortest pay-per-view we've seen in I don't even know how long. But I will say it led in without a beat straight into the first part of the Undertaker documentary. And I don't know if you caught any of it, but oh I my did. gosh, guys, we have to cover that. Once it's done, we have to cover that in full or something because, oh, that was tugging at my heartstrings. That that was so well produced for just part one. It was super good. And the way it was done, because I kind of like, I turned away for a moment because I was working on some merchandise. And... um while for the band obviously you know if you guys want to buy merch go buy merch and that would help us a lot but anyway um yeah like i turned away for a minute just to kind of pack it up and then i was like wait undertaker what and it's just because i they had said at the end of the pay-per-view and there was no there was i went back and rewatched it and there was like a brief signature at the end but it wasn't like anything over because there's no commentary saying because the thing about this, this match as well zero commentary so thank god Oh yeah, like it, it made it made it so much better. But there was no one to be like, "All right, that's it, bye." You know, it was just kind of like nothing. Undertaker. It's like yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, Derek and weird. I always yeah. We we'll, we we'll always talk about things wildly out of order. If you haven't caught on to that fact by this point, just get used to it. It's gonna happen. Yeah. I, I have to say, just jumping straight to the end of the match. Um, Michael Cole, could you maybe I don't know have a cup of coffee before you announce the winners of the match? And give us the big send off. What was that? Yeah. I was having so much fun, and then it was like this grumpy old man, like tapped into Skype, and was like, "Oh, the winners of the match." It's like what? Yeah, what? Mike, come on. I, I one thing I think one thing that's really funny about Mike Cole is he's like the head of announcing for WWE. Yeah. Now it's like that is not good. No, he is not a like. Some people like Mike Cole. I don't know why you would. Um, I never like Mike Cole as an announcer. Um, ever. I'm a coal miner. Yeah, well, that's fair, but like, I think you know when I don't know if it's just him or if it's 
what's been fed to him. They just like there was that that leaked audio where he was getting absolutely ra- railroaded by Vince on the headset. So that could be it, where he's just being berated constantly, and that's why it's so bad. Um, but this, he just seemed like he just didn't care. He's just like, yeah, no, no, he literally and figuratively phoned it in. Yeah, and it's like he could have just had anyone else there. You know what? They should have had Johnny Ace or something come out and announce it because he's already there. <laughs> he's you know, they could have anyone come out and announce it. You know, it was like I think that was like the biggest downfall of that match where they they could have wrapped it up a little bit better. Uh, yeah, it, it, especially it just, after such a ridiculous end. <laughs> but the end, well, okay, the end of the women's match was kind of straightforward enough. That was, we, that's been yeah. like done, and it was okay. So, um, all right, we'll, we'll try to recap the match from the beginning before we get to it. So, the match started oh, yeah. off in the lobby for the women, and started off in the gym, the corporate gym, which doesn't shock me that that's there um, in WWE headquarters. Uh, and then it kind of it, it kicked off once they all kind of came in. Uh, we had we had a race to the lift or elevator for the, from the women. Oscar pretty much jumping off the top and then going straight to the elevator, which was really smart. Although to be fair, Very smart. It, it took her like thirty minutes to get up there. So I'm like, that is either the largest build in the world, or she can't use an elevator. An elevator. It's like, what is? Maybe she was just on? like one of those kids who pressed every floor on the way up. That's that's, what, that's how I'm suspending my disbelief. That's that's what I was going with too. I'm like, she has to just hit every button and she's just waiting for it because she was so excited. Um, and then we had the the lads in the gym and they were just kind of doing some cool spots. Baron Corbin had the most overreaction to ending ever, where he picked up the weight and threw it at a was it that Ray? Threw it at Ray and yeah, missed yeah, yeah. and then and then broke the the mirror. It looked like he died. It looked like he killed someone. And the music was weird because it's like da da da, and it's like. Oh, what? Okay. Well, because if you break a mirror, it's seven years of bad luck. Oh, fair. That's that's so, a fair point. I just thought he was yeah. like, oh, it's going to take it out of my paycheck. I'm like, okay. Well, um, <laughs> um, oh, my gosh. You know, and then after that, we had um, a few more cool spots. And we started going up the building. Right Now, I thought they were going to do a bit more as far as, you know, kind of working around but they only kind of went to two three or four different places so the first one to show up was brother love in the bathroom which was weird Bruce picture yeah oh come you, on they went to they went to like a dozen places let's they, not sell them short they, here no, oh, they did but it was kind of like an office it wasn't like what i was expecting to be you know i was expecting to be like you know the simpsons where bart shows up and he's just like hey it goes to mad mad, mad magazine and he's just like oh yeah you know i probably think there's lots of crazy things going on here but it's just a business and then the door I'm, opens i'm sorry i'm sorry Derek. is that a cheap plug to another show on our podcast network because i think no. that was I, just I think like, it was a cheap plug to go watch the Simpsons <laughs> reviews that were that are being done. Well, you can do that too, but I just like the Simpsons. Um, <laughs> but that's that's what it was kind of like. That's what I was expecting it to be like. So yeah, they went to a few places, um, but a lot of like random corridors. It was a very corridory layout, you know. Uh, I I didn't. I, the Bruce Pritchard thing wasn't wasn't great. Uh, I did enjoy. Well, you the, didn't like the, you didn't like the random janitor with the Bruce Pritchard hat. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I, well, even was that, that's what okay. That's what people have to understand about this match is yes. If you want Bruno San Martino, this wasn't your match. And I feel like people no. coming into this had no. a preconceived notion. If you thought it was going to be bad, you thought this was the worst match WWE has ever done. If you were excited and understood <laughs> that this was going to be silly and ridiculous, this is everything you wanted it to be. I do think that people are going to hate this match. 
I think they're I think they're re- I think there's going to be a big a, a big divide here between oh. I, I like it or I don't like it. And I, look, I totally understand if you don't like it. It it wasn't as good as the WrestleMania ones by a long shot. Oh, I disagree. No, it, uh, no. no, I I didn't. I what I think what bummed me out more actually. I'm mean, gonna get to it. The Bray Wyatt stuff um, was not good, but we'll get to that. What? Um, yeah, I'll, I'll explain why. Oh but, my gosh! Yeah, I, I this is us jumping out of order. Oh my gosh, the puppets! So he hit a DDT. I was crying. I know, I know. But I'll explain why in a bit. Yeah, um, all right, all right, all right. A bit. But yeah, so, so, so people care about first. <laughs> so we, we jump, <laughs> we jump back, and they're going up through. And then I did love the AJ Styles uh, spot where he goes into the Undertaker's casket room, <laughs> which is probably I, I wouldn't be surprised that's an actual room that they just have there. <laughs> I love I love the it's very uh, HBO True Bloodish. I, I love the concept that the Undertaker has a room in Titan Towers where he just sleeps in a casket all year long, and they bring him out for Mania. Uh, well, that's probably true. <laughs> that's probably what they do. But we're like, there you go. Yeah, you just you know sit there. Um, like I, the suspension of disbelief is very easy to do, but it's also something you're like, but this is probably. This could happen. This is probably true. Like Vince McMahon, all that Vince McMahon stuff. That's probably just how Vince is. You know, I lo- I love the bit where he got the hand sanitizer afterwards, and <laughs> yes. he just goes as it writes on his legal pad. I'm like, that's pretty good. But yeah, so basically, I, I want to believe that Vince does not use computers. Period. Yeah, I was looking at that. I'm like, there's zero computers there. It's like that's weird, but okay. He had um, a monitor in front of him. I don't know if I even saw a keyboard. I just like the concept. That he writes everything by notes. He's been doing it since he, the '80s, and that's just how he writes. He didn't have on. a monitor. I, I watched the match again. Oh, no, he, no, he literally it, yeah. he had an empty desk, and then he turned around, and that was his legal pad. I'm like, that's weird. Like this, right? That, I thought, that, that, I thought that on that desk there was, but yeah, okay. No, there wasn't. I, I went back. I went and looked at it again. Uh, that unnerved me greatly. I was just like, this, this man <laughs> is crazy. Uh, it looked in phenomenal shape, but he looks like he's aged horrifically. Oh. Well, and again, this goes into the Undertaker documentary. You really see that when you see these guys not in full makeup and doing their thing. But, oh, my gosh, can we talk about that amazing moment with AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan just pointing at each other like, oh, no, that was him. No, that, that, he did it, not me. And they like, politely put the chairs back. They go out in the hallway. Mind you, there is a match going on in which you're supposed to run to the top of this building and grab a briefcase, and they just have an impromptu conversation of, you know, you're kind of a coward in it. Well, you told me to do that. All right, yeah. Well, I guess I did. I'm like what? No, what? I, what? I, my favorite part. I love the bowing when they just decided to bow to it. When when Daniel Bryan bowed to Vince McMahon before he came out, <laughs> I was just like, that is, that is so good. <laughs> That's that is just hilarious. Um, so much, so much in this, um, in this match. It could, like I could see it, it could have went. It could have been terrible. And he kind of yeah. did what they kind of did what they could do, but going in an open mind is the best way to do it. Um, Would it so, be fair to say that this match is one where you could look at it and enjoy it at the time? And I even rewatched it this morning, mm. and just enjoy it for what it is, and take it at face value, full suspension of disbelief. Wow, that was comical. I enjoyed it, but you can also rise of Skywalker it and go. You know, in the theaters, I thought that was kind of cool. But once I start picking it apart, this made no sense. It was plot hole filled. It was not, there were just things that happened that were never explained. How did AJ get out of the barbell? We don't know. How did AJ get out of Taker's room? 
We don't know what happened to Shayna Baszler. We don't know. Well, at the oh. end of the, at the end of this, they all went off top of the building and they're not dead. So well, to be fair, now my Newtonian physics aren't what they used to be, but the sound of the crash didn't to me sound like a full fall down the building. I don't know. Maybe they just went down a level into a pool or something. That's actually what it sounded like. Well, that's what that's what it sounded like. But like what I would say on that is, if you hate on it, right? If you hate on it, WWE are never going to take these risks again. Yeah. So I would say it. You can't hate on it because it is so different, and it's so completely different now compared on that's all that they're able to do. Really, it's either have empty arena matches, which everybody hates. Or have these random weird segments that are crazy and trying all everything everything they can to get over. And I would say that's more um that's more worthy than just bitching about it. Like yeah, look in my personal opinion, I enjoyed the WrestleMania ones more. I thought they were better laid out. This was way more messy. Um on the men's side, the women's side was actually hilarious. That was actually kinda laid out a lot better. Um you I would have loved if Asuka just rode the lift all the way to the top of the building, grabbed the beef briefcase, and that match was over in a minute. That would have been the greatest. That would have been funny. <laughs> that would have been funny. Well, uh, no, what would have been funny is if Asuka, if I was booking it, I would have had that, the last the last um, rung basically being the food fight, her arriving after the food fight, picking up a bit of sandwich, and then going up and getting the, the, the briefcase. That's what I would have done. I thought that would have been hilarious. Down the way in, exactly. But um, you know, it, it achieved a lot. We got a lot of cameos. I enjoyed the Stephanie McMahon one. I thought that was hilarious. Weird to have a Money in the Bank conference room. I thought that kind of fell flat. But I liked what they did with it. Um, well, I was. You know what struck me odd about that? WWE can't pay their talents, but they can afford to have random conference rooms with. A briefcase for money. hundred grand just chilling up in the air. Yep, makes no what? sense. Yep. <laughs> but, and, and also, how many conference rooms does Titan Towers have? Well, they we went know, in like four during this match. That's insanity. Well, we know that there's one gigantic one in the performance center for some reason, which just seems completely unnecessary. <laughs> so I suppose they just like their conference rooms. That Vince doesn't use a computer, but he will buy many, many, many conference rooms for some reason. <laughs> well, the booty certainly has never cheaped out when it comes to buying chairs, so why am I no. shocked? No, they, they love why chairs. It's the, it's the one thing they'll go for. Um, what, what I did enjoy, um, Doink showed up, which was weird. I was like, Whoever okay. that Doink was. Did not look like any other Doink. It no, was like, no, it didn't. It was Poor, like, Matt Bourne was... Ugh. Yeah, they, they could have paid for Matt Bourne. Or, but to be fair, like if you're going to wheel out someone with a gimmick like that, you're like, well, Doink's actually a pretty safe one to do because... Doink, you know, it's not well, like he's been played by like five different people. So yeah, sure. Even Chris Jericho was Doink at one point, just randomly. <laughs> so you know, it makes sense. But um, if you Doink, know who that Doink was, by the way, leave it in the comments. I'd love to know who who played that little cameo part. Yeah, like it it, it was probably the worst Doink of all time, but still, it Excuse was me. still fun to have. You know, so let us know if you know who it is. Um, I enjoyed the Johnny Ace segment, just rolling along. Uh, Paul Heyman still in the scooter for some reason. For some reason, oh, Paul, he- Paul Heyman shows up, which was funny. Um, yeah. So okay, I, I need to talk about that because that struck me as typical Vince booking. A lot of this wasn't. A lot of this was clearly freeform, and they played around. But this is your quintessential Vince booking. 
<clears throat> what do we do here? Well, Paul Heyman's fat, so he's just going to be sitting down at the table and eat the whole buffet himself. Like, come on. Yeah. Did it set up to something great? Are we maybe going to get Otis versus Lesnar because of that? Maybe. But still, I was like, come on, man. Like, okay, was, I get it. Heyman's fat. Whatever. It was very ham-fisted, but the way I saw it is, it's like... Oh, I see what you did there. Nice pun. Oh, yeah. The way yeah. I saw it is they had to kind of have this food fight thing set up. It was weird. There was two catering areas where there was like a random catering area with Paul Heyman that just seemed to be just for Paul Heyman. And then the kitchen, which had less food in there for some reason. It's like, what? Okay. Well, I'm sure the kitchen is actually closed for... For health and safety reasons. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Um, but it was just weird. You know, it, it, just, it was one of those segments where I'm like, Okay, I see what they did, but it was definitely the weakest segment of the whole thing. It was fun to see Nyla, um, not Nyla Rose, uh, Baszler choke out Rey Mysterio and just kill him. They weren't even in the same match. They weren't even in the same match. It's like she's just going to choke him out. It's like, okay. Um, Great heel move, though. Keep her strong. Keep her strong as possible. And I think they did that. I, I think that's why she wasn't in the finish, quite frankly. And just kill Rey Mysterio. <laughs> okay. Yeah, poor guy. I think poor guy. On leave from the company after this, so that's how they got rid of him. Why, why they threw Alistair Black out, and why he tweeted out a picture of a ghost soon after, I don't know. It's wrestling, folks. If you haven't like, seen that tweet, it's hysterical. Alistair Black was like, I think he had a good time. I think everyone there had a, had a bit decent of a time in the match, but I don't know. It just it seemed like it was more it was more um, controlled than the WrestleMania ones, you know, in a bad way. Like it felt like. They weren't just given the blank check and then go and do it. And hmm. We heard from the taping of this thing that there it was the case of the show being, or the, or the taping being like 18 hours. Oh, wow. Yeah, or even more. I can see that, though. Well, apparently it started from 12 midnight until, like, no, sorry, sunrise until midnight. So it was a full, full day. And it was shot like a movie where you have to redo stuff over and over again. And I felt that way, you know. When I was watching the Undertaker match, or even the Bray Wyatt match, you couldn't have that again without those. But this kind of just felt weird. I wouldn't want to see something like this happen again for the Money in the Bank briefcase. I thought it was kind of it was a bit too much without being. It was a bit too much without being too much. You know, I felt like the other ones really went for it. Like they really, really, really went for it. This felt like it was more controlled, but also not like. It was very McMahon-centric. You know, like, Vince McMahon showing up yeah. in his office. I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Stephanie showing up doesn't really make sense. And she wasn't she even there. She wasn't there, by the way. Should, well, should we yeah. mention that? Yeah, she wasn't there. She was, like, in the background going, hey, I'm here. It's a, Basically, it's like saying that Dave was in the ladder match last night based on his background. Yeah, well, I was, actually. <laughs> she was. <laughs> I was inside Otis's stomach. I don't know if you can tell, but... There you go. And that's how he got the picture. Yeah. Um, but, like, it was... I feel like if they had have just went for it a bit more, and look, to be fair, they couldn't really because they couldn't fly people in. You know, it was it was too restrained, and it it walled themselves in um, too much. Because with these kind of stuff, you need to go big or you don't go at all. And they didn't go big enough. They went too hard into safety, and it was just like. But the feel of it was nice. It was hilarious. Like it was really really funny. So it's like maybe they do this again next year where they have a bit more talent and they can fly in some... Um, again, Dave, we said this with the with the other matches. This is a way for old talent to get a paycheck. Yeah. You could have... You could pretty much have anyone in a Money in the Bank ladder match now. 
and it would be fine. Um, you, could. you could also have them as cameos. So, you know, maybe maybe do this as a yearly thing and see what happens. Um, but well, hate feels weird. I don't know. See, I get what you're saying, and I, and I don't disagree with you. But at the same time, I think in the lockdown era or the whatever we're going to call this, the no crowd era, I don't know if you've officially coined what it is yet, but this was the best that they could do. Did you really want to see them do this in the performance center? Yeah, no, no one would want that. That's true. No. Like, nobody would want that. Like if, 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 actually, here's a weird thing. Both Money in the Bank ladder matches are timed separately on Wikipedia. Weird. That is weird. Though, yeah. To be fair, Wikipedia is, told me that John Cena died under a stairwell in like 2004 so <laughs> alright fair enough but what they did say um, I think it's because the the, well, the women's match was like 5 minutes less than the, the men's match it also um, started like 10 seconds later I don't know if yeah. you caught that the yeah, bell rang. Exactly. yeah the bell rang a little bit later so maybe that's how he did it but anyway uh, yeah like look if this had been in the performance center people would be saying oh god it was boring and terrible and what I will say is I was, wa- I was watching the show with my parents and I'm like because that's how early it was on they were watching it with me and we're like feels really weird without a crowd you know like the, the even they said this and obviously we know this but they're still like the, the crowd it's really missing something and it, it really you know for, for a lot of people that's what they're t- picking up on they're saying that wrestling isn't the same without a crowd and yeah, I agree. Like there were certain things that were done throughout the show that would have been better without a crowd. However, this match, if that had been performance center, it would have had no well, no buzz to it. It would have been like watching the WrestleMania match again, the WrestleMania ladder match again, but with more people twice. It would and the risk to reward injury, I mean it's how many No, it's not. You, people always have to take time off after money in the bank for getting injured and this is a safe way for them to do it and still get the talent over. And not only get the talent over, one of the huge benefits I personally found of no commentary and awesome soundtrack, which I'm sure you were into. I, just, I, I love the soundtrack effect to make it cinematic. Yeah. But the characters of these wrestlers finally came out. Had Otis won, and this was a standard Money in the Bank ladder match, and he hadn't had such a charismatic run and a story with styles even throughout the entire match that led to that ending i don't think it would have been i don't think people would be as happy with him winning as they were now they'd be like oh that's it's going to be a joke it's going to be a throwaway win whatever instead him running around and doing you know sets and reps and just saying oh yeah and embodying the macho man eating and all this not it's just i felt so happy for the character that is otis I mean, in the course of 60 days, he's had a showing at WrestleMania. He's won Mandy Rose's heart. He has money in the bank. That was a shout out, I think, to Rocky at the end when he says, I did it, Mandy. I want it for you. Like, oh, I. What, what I was a child again watching this match. I truly did. Well, one of the things about these, like, storyline matches or cinematic matches, we get to see them. We get to see the characters really come out. Like character, yeah. it's more, it's much more character driven than your standard wrestling match, which is like X, Y, and Z, spot, 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 and that's it. But at least with this, you can. I think it's because you can actually hear them talk to each other, and they actually have to work a little bit harder the entire time. Um, with AJ Styles, you know, it, it it tied into his match with, with Undertaker, where you had like PTSD. 
Yeah, you had an actual flashback. Actual flashback. That was I, surreal. And he's like, oh, no, I'm not going. He's like, no, I'm not going in there. <laughs> just like, I don't know how he got out of that room, but the fact that that room existed and the fact that they apparently pay to have dry ice running 24-7, well, not, again, not cheap. Well, again, not look, cheap. again, they can't afford to pay the talent, but they can afford to have dry ice running all the time. Uh, they must have the smoke alarm turned off there as well, because I'd imagine that thing would set that off very quickly. You would um, think so. Shout out to uh, Monster Mutt ninety three. Wikipedia once told me that Michelle Obama knows Tupac is al- knows that Tupac is alive and well and where his secret hiding place is. <laughs> On my old show, I used to refer to Wikipedia <laughs> as the Bible because clearly everything there is completely everything is legit. legit. It's absolutely well, legit. Well, now Michelle Obama, we need to know where Tupac is. She has the answers. <laughs> <laughs> You better not be selected as VP unless you give up that info, Michelle. That's exactly. all I'm saying. Exactly. All I'm exactly. saying. <laughs> and that's a show to another show on this podcast, the conspir- on this network. There's going to be a conspiracy show soon, so we're going to be diving into that, I think. Oh, please, please, please book me. Please book me. Oh, uh, well, actually, once again, trying in there, just agreeing with Dave's point earlier that Wikipedia isn't always gospel. Wiki face. Oh my gosh. It's not. No, no, it is. It is gospel. It hundred percent is. I mean, it's just <laughs> as accurate. It was written a hundred years after the fact. Why not? But uh, please throw me into the conspiracy show from time to time. I don't know who's running it, but I've okay. got, that, that can, that can, I've that, got that can, thoughts. That can be set up. That can be set up, but we don't know when that's going to drop yet. But uh, look, for anyone who's checking this out, we're adding tons of shows on this network. So uh, yeah, it's changing by the day. So, you know, keep it, keep it locked and we'll, We'll let you know when there's a full schedule at the moment. Absolutely. We don't know. This is a very exciting time. I know we've been doing our show for a little over a month now with the two of us in particular, mm-hmm. and we seem to be adding shows all the time. So this is really a great time to jump in and follow us and subscribe to the different shows and kind of get to know the personalities behind them. Find out, you know, there's, I think we're going to have kind of a niche for everyone. You can say. I think so. Yeah. There's like, yeah. Uh, there seems to be a bunch of like, Every single show that's bought into it. Oh, there we go. Every single show. Derek, that, but there we go. Trust me, the rest of our shows will still be up. Yeah, uh, every single show that that's kind of brought in um, has its own unique feel and like vibe to it. Plus, it, like on some on some months, there's gonna be a sh- one show every week. So some shows are like bi-weekly, some are weekly, like ours. But yeah, like check it out. You know, there, there's the YouTube channel is probably the best way or Facebook or even our website, which has been updated as well. So, but yeah, conspiracy yeah, shows. And if you're up. listening on the radio, please find us on Facebook under Nerd to Know Media and you can get the links to all these other shows that we're talking about. Exactly. Yeah. It, it, like the show just, uh, this isn't the only show we do if you're checking it out for the first time. So, um, okay. So, jumping back to Oscar, it looks now Oscar is set up to have her, her, Return match with Becky Lynch, probably. That's where this is going. Um, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Muslim uh, apologizes for derailing a wrestling discussion with Wikipedia Tales. It's okay. <laughs> we didn't know about it, so thank you. Um, I'm back. I don't know what happened, but I have returned. <laughs> the the good. It, it's uh, it's Michelle Obama. Got my internet connection for a it's second. Michelle Obama. She, she she knows we're close to. To re- revealing her secret Tupac location. Well, you know what it is? We mentioned the C word, which you're not allowed to do on YouTube nowadays. And they were Fair. like, oh, maybe we should not let. Yeah, we'll take this down. <laughs> we'll yeah. take this down. Uh, okay, well, look, Oscar looks like she's going to set up now with her uh, her return match with Becky Lynch. 
So that looks like where that's going. So we'll have to wait and see what's going to happen there. Um, to the actual card itself, it started off with uh, the the big four-way match. So the New Day, the Forgotten Sons, Morrison, uh, John Morrison and the Miz and Lucha Health Party. Not a great match by any stretch of imagination. It was a fun 12-minute match that kind of, you know, you knew the New Day were going to win. And it looks like uh, the Forgotten Sons are there to kind of pick up the slack from uh, the Usos who are missing an action for a while. They're missing an action. You got rid of Luke and Gallows. I said it to my friends at the time because they were like, who are these people? We don't, we didn't even know half the rest was in the match. And I said, well, hey, if you're going to fire half your roster and let the other half walk, this is what you get. Yep, and this is exactly what happens. So this, this is this is what we can expect. Random call-ups. And don't get me wrong, the Forgotten Sons aren't bad. I actually like them uh, quite a lot, but they've done nothing to, to warrant being on the main roster, never mind being competing for the title. So they're going to job something fierce. Uh, and Lucha Hell's party are just jobbers to the stars. So, yeah, Which is enjoy. a shame because individually, they're, they're some of the best wrestlers I've ever seen in terms of indie work. It's oh, just, yeah. Something doesn't connect, I guess. I don't know. Well, they're not given any time to grow. Like a match that should have had the cinematic treatment is this one because it's all character based. You get over, yeah. you get over the Forgotten Sons and Lucha House Party because, like, think about it. Like, imagine the Miz running around Titan Towers. It'd be hilarious. Or the New <laughs> Day. Would. But anyway, um, and then we had Bobby Lashley versus Or Truth, and after a really weird segment where MVP comes out, and and uh, it was weird. It was a, it was a comedy segment that didn't land because there was no crowd. <laughs> and I was just like, this is pretty bad. But at the same time, can we talk about R-Truth trying to get the crowd involved and shouting what's up and doing his rap? He didn't care. And now you sound amazing, crowd. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, the crowd was in his head, and that's the main thing. That's R-Truth. That's speaking. the main thing. Uh, and I, you'll catch this more than I did. I had to read about this to get the connection, but this is a shout back to TNA, apparently, with MVP oh? and Bob Lashley. Because they had a stable together. They did. They had. They had a. I can't remember the name of it. It was like Gortrude was a, was a legit. Something about power or something. Yeah, it's something. I can't remember the name of it now offhand. But they did have a stable. Um, and Gortrude was like a, a major player in in TNA initially, and then he came came over, and it's just a total joke. But Bobby Lashley, you know, in TNA, Mister Golf, where he talks about golf incessantly. Um, I'm still waiting for that to be his gimmick, the return of Cameron White. Uh, imagine Bobby Lashley. Yeah, that, that went so well for Chavo. Uh, well, with Bobby Lashley, what else can he do? You know, his current gimmick is a joke. Uh, he it was a squash match, uh, one minute forty, and just absolutely killed the man. Uh, nobody cared, so it is what it is. MVP. Well, to be uh, fair, if nobody there to care. Yeah, but on the internet, nobody cared. Like even so, I'm watching the show. Like I, I, I didn't hear anyone go, "Oh, I, I love that MVP match or the MVP match." Or not the match, but if we're gonna be fair, Derek, I, I did see a lot of people say, or at least the people I was telewatching with, or whatever you want to, you know, call it. They, they loved the entrance. They loved Archer's entrance, and then they loved Archer's interview later. So wait, wait, really, it's it. like the, the match was a blip. But yeah. our truth segments were fantastic, especially when he talked about his win over MVP. I love when he called out Tom Brady. He's going to take my title back from Tom Brady. It's like, yeah, yeah. And I got to say, Charlie, um, I think you're fantastic. But you don't have to tell us it's Rob Gronkowski that ruins the joke. Johnny Carson 101. Yeah. If you have to explain the joke, it's not funny. 
and it was funny until it was ruined. Another thing that really bugs me, and this happened a bunch of times throughout the night, when the commentator said, oh, we have a new champion. Please stop saying that, WDB announcers, because you're never having a new champion. As soon as that's saying, you know they're kicking out. And it's just ridiculous. Um, Bailey had yeah, and um, I'm going to super break kayfabe right here. Braun Strowman, don't open your eyes so much when you're being pinned. I know that's the... I'm, no, I'm giving away a lot right here, and I hope I don't ruin wrestling for anybody that's like on the fence with me. But if usually during a pin, if a wrestler's eyes are open, that's how the referee knows they're going to kick out. But yeah. Braun Strowman keeps his eyes wider than I have them right now. Like usually, wrestlers do like a little slit, so you can't really tell on TV. And I was like, oh, come on, you're in the performance center. It's odd. They, they, come on. Yeah, exactly. Um, once <laughs> month, uh, chimes in with, stop trying to make new champion happen. It isn't going to happen. Fantastic Mean Girls reference. I love that. <laughs> and it's going to be a shirt. It's going to be a shirt. Um, yeah, we had Bailey then defeat Tamina for the oh, SmackDown. Bailey's new theme, yes. I love everything love about it. Bailey. I love Heel Bailey. She's so cool. She's yeah. like, she's fantastic. Although Tamina, I, I never saw anything about Tamina. Um, I think they're building up towards this Sasha Banks Bailey feud now. So yeah, I'm yeah, okay with that. But I'm surprised that Tamina didn't get a little bit of a maybe you should stay back for a while after that Vice episode aired about your dad. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, well, and she was positioned as the baby face as well, which is even weirder. So it's like, okay. But I think uh, yeah. we're lucky. I think Tamina's lucky that this is a no crowd era because can you imagine that match had that episode just aired? And then, oh, I can't. I don't. I don't even want to think about what the chance would be. And the signs if he didn't get cons- uh, oh, confiscated. Man, yeah. Uh, Braun Strowman versus Bray Wyatt. This and it was Bray Wyatt. It wasn't the Fiend. Loved it. Which when he came out, when Bray Wyatt came out, I was like, this is weird. He's not the Fiend. You know, it's Bray Wyatt, and it's like Bray Wyatt doesn't wrestle. You know, it was kind of hard to. It was it was hard. It was it was hard. It was hard to really kind of like get into it, and then when the puppets showed up and they start calling for spots, you're like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah." No, this isn't the we ever actually. I think in all of our episodes, this is the first time we actually have a strong disagreement about a match. No, I don't disagree. I don't disagree with it. I'm more just kind of saying it was just a weird, a weird kind of take on it. You know. Um, I don't know what I was... I think I was expecting The Fiend to show up at the end and kind of do something. But uh, where they were going with this was the um, Bray Wyatt is trying to win back Braun Strowman into the fold without using The Fiend. So what's going to happen next is The Fiend's going to have to be more aggressive to get him. It's kind of like... Character when, progression. It's Character like, progression. Well, it's kind of like when Finn Balor does the whole Demon King thing where he's Finn Balor most of the time, but then he comes out as the Demon King and that helps him win the match. Okay, I, I have a thought, and this is what I was thinking at the time. Because obviously the Bray Wyatt character that we saw last night is very jokey, did things that you could not do if there was an audience there. You can't have puppets if we have an audience. That would be ridiculous. Yeah. But the Bray Wyatt we saw is clearly a joke character. It's your weird psychedelic Blue's Clues character. And he comes out and he's all happy. And in any other circumstance, and Brodus Clay is who comes to mind, you know, when he was being the Funkasaurus and all that nonsense. But he only had the Funkasaurus and the dancing and the silliness. If Bray only had this Bray Wyatt, 
I think that would be an issue. But because he has the fiend to fall back on and his character becomes three-dimensional, I think it's okay to do the Firefly kind of straight character and then oh, something gets me mad, I'm going to twist and that go psychotic on you. I think it's the first time we've ever seen this character in the ring. I believe so. Which I think that's why well, I think I think that's what the big change is because my understanding of the character was Bray Wyatt is Bray Wyatt, but when so when violence is needed, that's when that's when the fiend comes out. Well, and I think the storyline was that he didn't want to fight Braun Strowman. Yeah, Correct. I think yeah, and he was trying to win so him. That's back. why he appeared as Wyatt himself. Yeah, and he tries to win him back using just his normal cult tech tactics. Yeah, exactly. Like Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. That's exactly what they're kind of going for. Um, yeah. Like it, it. So when when Bray Wyatt comes out, he is just Bray Wyatt. But when uh, when he, when violence is needed and like that, he falls back into into the fiend, and the fiend is the one who gets the job done. And it, so that's kind of what they're building to now with with this whole character stuff. But it was interesting to see that throughout this whole feud. Wyatt was using his normal tactics where he brings out the sheep mask to kind of bring him back and mess with his head. And that's how Braun Strowman actually won. He put on the sheep mask and tricked Bray Wyatt into thinking that he was going to join him and then ended up getting the pin. So it's probably going to happen on SmackDown this week is we're going to see The Fiend really, really start messing with things and coming back to try and win the belt. Either at Backlash, which I'm so happy is back, either at Backlash or going into SummerSlam, which is probably where this is going to end. And here's hoping that we have a live audience by SummerSlam. Um, well, uh, I'm enjoying this, but I'm hoping we get something. What I would say is, going forward, I would like to have an empty show pay-per-view every year. One. Because I think it's a cool okay. idea. I think it's a cool idea where they have like their cinematic shows or whatever. Um, I wouldn't hold my breath for SummerSlam. I know Trump wants to open stuff up, um, but I don't see it. Uh, I, England just opened up today. Uh, so, oh, yeah? Yeah. And we'll see how that goes in two weeks. <laughs> well, that's the fear, right? But yeah. I don't. I don't want to talk virus crap because every at, no, I can't get not... away from it. You're here to get away from it, yeah, just like well, I am. Exactly. Exactly. Like you know, we don't want to talk about it too much, but it is something that needs to be addressed. You know, this is going to go on for as long as it's going to go on, and I would hold my breath that summer. Although it might, you know, it depends. There was some news there the other day that because it's late August, we're talking. Yeah, well, well, the current situation in Florida, and it probably will happen in Florida, so the current situation there is they're open, but they're at 30% capacity. So well, if you're in the performance center holds 2,000 people, I think it might be less to say it's 2,000 people. It's probably not, correct me. In I, the, I think it's in, like 250, but okay, 2,000. Well, let's say it's 2,000, then it'd be 200 people. If it's, okay. two, if it's 200, which I think you're right, it's going to be 30. So 30 people is better than nobody, but it's not going to be... It's not going to be you know, arenas just yet. So you might get SummerSlam with 30 people. If you were a wrestler and you were, um, how do I phrase this for radio? If you were under the influence and tripping during one of these matches and you just kind of opened your eyes, would you feel like you're back in your indie days? You're like, oh, there's See, no crowd here. Th- that's what it probably feels like. That's what I imagine it's like for Drew McIntyre. He's like, I just got out of TNA where this happened. And then I'm back. <laughs> Back working in front of nobody. What's going on? And that's kind of what it is. Um, yeah, maybe it would work if there's particularly excited 30 people. But they might do. But here's the thing. In AEW, 
they, I think they are in a bigger venue, and that does hold 2,000 people, so they'll be able to have 200 people there. But even still, like all it takes is for one mass outbreak to happen, and then we're back to nobody. So, is social distance wrestling going to be as exciting as nobody? You know, because if you're cheering, if you're cheering and shouting, obviously you're going to be projecting out droplets, and it's like, it just—I don't know. It's—it seems a bit risky to me. I think wrestling will follow whatever happens with the other major sports as of right now. Um, I'm sorry, guys. I know this is U.S. based, but um, um, Major League Baseball is looking to come back by July 1st. They're talking about maybe doing every six seats and keeping people apart, Mm. that kind of thing. Like we were talking about uh, the NFL, which is the fall, really. As far as they're concerned, they're going on with a regular schedule, so we'll see what goes on with that. So this could be interesting. Cage match, but the audience are the only ones in the cage. That's not a bad idea. Like a, a, pre- a plexiglass, maybe? A, pre- a plexiglass in front of the audience? That's probably a good idea. Um, because I, I, like, I don't know. Like Roman Reigns was, was, was interviewed by TMC, I think, and he came out and he was like, yeah, I'm doing this for my kids. And so it's like, all right, fair enough. Um, and to uh, be fair, he was featured quite heavily. It was on a, on a big... Um, a big placard in Yeah, so maybe so, yeah. he's not quite as blacklist as what. Plus he was a huge part of the Undertaker's documentary. Yeah, so it's like look I think there's a lot going on here that we're still not aware. The whole situation is still really fluid. So but right now Very it looks good. like we might get a crowd back within two weeks. Two or three weeks. Maybe like a small crowd. Yeah, like, thir- like, like 30 people, see how it goes. and then. The, but I would say the smart money isn't on if there's going to be a crowd for SummerSlam. Smart money is where it's going to be. And it's probably going to be. be. It's probably going to be in the performance center again. Um, but yeah, look, but where, that's... Where was it booked to be? Not the Staples Center. They were bringing it back to the East Coast, right? I think so. I think it was, it was either New York or it was in Florida. I'm not too sure. Yeah. Um, but it, it, wasn't, it wasn't too far away from where they were going. It wasn't over the West Coast anyway. Um, AEW are going to open up a crowd soon as well, which is, you know, fair. We were going to talk about our top Money in the Bank ladder matches, but that went off because we went into it. So we might cover that next week. Um, yeah. so well, was- I got to say um, something about that though, super quick. Not about that, but we're talking about the empty crowd. So this is very related to that. Right before this show started, the last thing I watched on YouTube was the top, I think it was like top 20 pops in WWE history. And that really hit home of, yeah, we're really missing that. That's one of the biggest things you look at. And some of the biggest pops we've ever had in history post 95 have been money in the bank cash in. Oh yeah. That's probably why they're going to wait until they have a crowd to cash in. Because then there's no point. I feel so bad. I feel so bad if they didn't. Like, I hope, like, I hope to, as you said, I hope to McIntyre holds onto that belt until there's a crowd. Because, that would suck. My entire, my entire run. There's nobody to help me celebrate. It's just pointless. And that match with Seth Rollins is one of the best matches you'll see. You know, all year. Honest. Not edited. No. Live. That Honest was to God. flawless. I didn't it, see a botch. It's like butter. It was an amazing match. Great little huh. finish at the end and everything. And nobody saw it. Well, we all saw it, but nobody was there. You know, so it's just like, oh, I hate Seth Rollins' day music. It's really irritating. And the fact that oh, keep- I love it. Uh, no, but the, the commentary. I keep- love it. I love the I love the Jesus thing that they're doing with him. But I, I gotta ask you a question about this while we have time because it actually yeah. pertains to the pay per view. Yeah. What did you think about that handshake 
for those that don't know, after in case you got up to get a drink or go to the bathroom in between, yeah. Drew McIntyre and Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins is supposed to be the biggest daddy in the WWE. Yes, next to uh, Shayna right now, shook hands. And they were like, "Good match." Code like, of what? Honor. Yeah, they did the Ring of Honor Code of Honor thing. Of Honor. Yeah. What do you think about that? Was that out of cat? Did it was out of place? Does it not matter because through it, everything else is so crazy? Like, what? What are your thoughts? I, if it was planned, I think the story is that it was to show that, like Seth Rollins' whole thing is that Drew McIntyre can't carry the company. Right. So I think it was kind of, well, look, I can, and good match, right? So it makes sense from a Drew McIntyre perspective. Like, Seth Rollins didn't come out and say, I'm the best. He came out and yeah. saying, you know, I believe I'm more worthy. So... It wasn't well, like because we learned what happens when Seth Rollins says he's the best on Twitter. It doesn't go yeah. so well. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't go so well. So I think that 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 was the difference. If Seth Rollins' whole character was "I'm the best, screw you," it wouldn't have made sense. But I think this this kind of worked for me. Uh, it worked a lot better than the announced here. Keep calling him the Messiah, which is the dumbest nickname ever. All I can I hear, it. all I, I can hear, it. is not the blasphemy. But the Monty Python's thing, he's not the Messiah. He's just a very... <laughs> yeah. It's just like, listen, if you're, if all I can think is the Monty Python uh, movie, is, uh, Life of Brian is when, that, it, it's not working. So please, God, change that. That's terrible. Like it's. But, I, but what about in front of a crowd? Do you think it would work in front of a crowd? Because I think it would. Uh, they can't have him doing Burn It Down if he has this new character arc. Yeah, but Burn It... Like, I don't know. I don't think it works. I still. I think they need to scale it back a bit. Um, like the religiously music we've talked about on this show, WWE love to go there. They love their cult leaders, but in this sp- specific way, it's just there's something missing, and that music, oh, and the packaging doesn't work. Like I liked it. Well, I know. Like, don't get me wrong. If he came out and he was like, you know, I'm the Messiah of Monday Night, that makes sense. Chris Jericho's done that. Blah blah blah. Right. But right, Chris Jericho and, and had that awesome... was uh, Bailey. Bailey did a thing where she called the fans sheep, and I said, "Oh, I thought of Jericho immediately." Yeah, but Jericho's music was always good. Yeah, well, true. Well, no. except for when he tried to use his own music that one oh, time. Oh, yeah, but that's terrible. Yeah, don't get don't even get me started on fuzzy. I don't want to get banned again. Um, <laughs> but um, it, yeah, like when he he always had like the Walls Jericho kind of thing playing in WWE throughout his run, and that kind of made sense. Um, but the the commentators never beat you over the head with it, you know. And I th- I feel like they're just beating you over the head with this gimmick over and over again. They're like we get it, we understand his T-shirt. Yeah, I know. Just please stop calling. Call him anything else. Just call him Seth. Seth does this. Seth does that. Mister Rollins, you know Tyler Black. Pick any name. Just you know, <laughs> there's other names you can call him. Just you don't know? go back to your Ring of Honor outfit. That's all I ask of you, Seth. It was awful. Yeah, yeah, his yeah, his wrestling gear definitely weird, got better. Weird body and tights. I don't know why. Yeah, I think he knows that. That's why he goes with the full body suit. Um, but look, the match was good. Uh, well, the match was fantastic. Sorry, match was fantastic. Drew McIntyre is a really good champion. Um, it was a five really, star match in any other circumstance. Oh, I like I, I, it's a clinic. It's a it's a clinic. Yeah. Like Drew McIntyre is putting on the best of, of his career. And um, I would say if you haven't seen it, go your way to see it. Um, you will not be disappointed. It's the best match of the card, best match of the show, best match. No. Oh, no. Dave. Best no. match of the show. It was. No, there wasn't money in the bank, though. No, from a match perspective. From a pure wrestling with. Yeah. yeah I, I know what you're saying, yeah. but see, if you're not going to. 
you're not going to hurt my heart here, Derek. I'm not going to let you. No, uh, yeah, it just is what it is. It's just a pure match perspective. So it is what it is. Um, right. So is there anything you want to add, Dave, before we wrap up this week? I want to say that I announced that if um, this guy didn't win. Oh, you're going to be sad. I was going to be a really, really grumpy podcaster. And you know what happened? The guy behind me won. And I am an enthusiastically over-the-moon podcaster because I love it. I just, what do we always talk about? What do we want? We want the guys that get over by themselves with a character that WWE isn't necessarily looking to push. Then WWE sees that and they give them an opportunity. And at a time when everything is so strictly controlled, WWE has no audience that they have to listen to, no reactions they have to follow. They still gave in to the fact that his charisma and character has gotten him to this point. I love it. AJ, um, can we talk about your gloves? We need to get you some of that NFL stuff they put on there so that stuff sticks to it maybe. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why you dropped the case. Kind of yeah. silly. But Otis, man, you brought it home. He did. Mom's happy. Uh, look, fair play to him. You know, it's it's one of those matches, one of those moves. I think, in hindsight, it was great. Uh, it was the best decision to make. I think it's the one that he needed, and he give, gives him the most growth. I think he can have a cool feud now with with Adrian Styles or with Danny Bryan or anyone in that match because it was a fluke. Um, it really was, but it's still it's still win. It wins a win, you know. Um, it, it gave them direction, and with Otis building him up now as this character. I think you're going to have a main star very, very soon. Um, you know, if this is handled people correctly. Him. People love him. I was, I was going through Twitter, and while people were kind of like on the fence about the match, they loved Otis. So <laughs> I was just like, okay, you know, that's that's a good move from WWE. So fair play right now. They're doing everything right, and it's weird that they're doing everything right because the circumstances should should be the opposite. But they have Otis. Oh, holding the money in the bank. They have Drew McIntyre, who everybody loves yeah. as champion. Bray Wyatt's back. It looks like they're going to build Bray Wyatt back up to being what he was. Because the only reason why he lost that belt in the first time was to was to, to, to have it for Roman Reigns. But Roman Reigns isn't there. So yeah. he's going back to, to Bray Wyatt. So, you know, guys, look, if you hated it, this is what you want. This is the best you're going to get. So don't, don't hate it out too much. Yeah, exactly. And Otis, just real, real succinctly right now, the theme of the match... It was at Titan Towers, which is obviously this multi-million dollar facility. And Otis is the blue-collar worker. He climbed to the top of literally the corporate ladder. This is a throwback to the Attitude Era in terms of theme. And I yeah. thought they hit it on the head. Even though technically, he didn't climb a ladder. And also, I love the fact that ladders were only used to climb for the belt in a ladder match, finally. Yeah. There was one shot that Corbin did, but otherwise, finally. The first I've been time for that for years. For first time, it was used for purpose rather than for everything else that you normally have. Yeah. Um, what I will say is some bit of sad news before we go. Uh, actually, weird news and sad news. So we'll go with the sad news first and leave us on the weird one. So, Alberto Del Rio is in jail. Looks like his career is over. Uh, scumbag. So, yeah. Who's surprised? He got a sexual assault. Oh, so, wow. yeah, yeah. Uh, if it's true, well, he's arrested for it. If it's true, well, he's never coming back to WWE. His mugshot is something to behold. Do check it out. Um, right, we got Humberto Colorito to carry us through. <laughs> um, I'm, just, I'm just like, well, man, you really are going downhill. So, I'm anyway. glad Paige got out of there. Yeah, me too. Uh, actually, Paige is streamed from OSW where she reviews 
their video on her is hilarious. You should totally watch it. Uh, Paige <laughs> seems like she's hilarious and she's really up for a joke, so fair play. Um, and some weird news, right? So I on this channel, I reported that looks like WWE is going to be sold. And it's not coming from me. This is coming from a rumor, uh, not a rumor, from a tweet, uh, so, sorry, whatever, from uh, Dirty Dutch Mattel, right? Where he said, oh. yeah, it's probably going to happen relatively soon. Yeah, that was my reaction too. It's like, if it's Dutch Mantel, there's probably something to this. He, he's not one to, 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 to bullshit like that. Um, okay, and then we had Triple H Stella Stock. We had Vince, well, sorry, we had Vince McMahon Stella Stock. We had Triple H Stella Stock. And then we have Stephanie Seller Stock. Oh, that she sold a million dollars worth of stock like yeah. yesterday or the day before. Yeah, they all sold about a million dollars worth of stock, which is. Very weird to do anyway. They do that. Though, to be fair, they do that periodically. And I do want to point they, out to people, I've been looking at the six-month tracker, and this is yeah. the highest that WD stock has been in quite some time. So if they yeah. are going to sell. Now's the time to do it. That's what I mean. And it's, it, according to the report, May is the date that was given hmm. to sell to Fox and Disney. So mm-hmm. it could happen. I'm still kind of on the fence about it, but if it does happen, I wouldn't be shocked. Some people have dismissed it, but I'm like, based on the tracking and movements that we have, it's definitely something to watch. So guys, don't be shocked if you see this happen in the next couple of weeks. I, I would be shocked if it happened in the next couple of weeks because I think that you need to have a certain amount of waiting period. The McMahons can't sell stock and then sell the company that's insider trading. So there needs yeah. to be yeah, but I would say I there's know. I would say there's a movement there's stuff happening back backstage that we are not privy to, but the fact that you have the three major figures behind this corporation are unloading stock, you're like something's up, and we don't know what it is. So keep an eye on it. I would say. Derry thinks they're being sold. I'm telling you guys, don't worry, they're going nowhere. Fair. We will see. We will see. We'll see. Dave, is there anything you want to plug before we wrap it up? I love it. Okay. All right, guys. I, I will plug our network, which we have now. So go over to nerdthrowmedia.com. All the shows been added pretty much daily. Keen has a show. Katie has a show. There's a conspiracy show. And obviously, Estrella Canto, the flagship uh, Nerd to Know Media. And we'll be back next week to talk all things wrestling here on The Wrestling Rewind with myself and Dave Stevens. Thank you for joining us, guys. Talk to you next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to a Nerd to Know Media production. All right, so you're listening to the podcast. You're like, hey, I'm not in Ireland. How do I get in touch? Well, TuneIn has you covered. That's how you can check us out live when we're on the radio. Um, you go to TuneIn and download the app, or you can check out the live streams on nerdtonomedia.com or phoenix92.5 FM. If you want to get in contact with us, it's very easy. Media everywhere. Media on Twitter. Media Instagram. Media on Twitch. Media at gmail.com if you want to reach out via email. Hope to hear from you soon.